Welcome back to the Country Central Podcast. So I was thinking a little bit recently, like, you know, with the tone of the year, we're in 2023 now, like, obviously, the country music landscape looks a lot different in the 2020s than I think it ever did in the 2010s. And like, I feel like the prerequisites for like a hit radio song, not just like an innocuous like single that might climb up the charts a little bit, but like a hit song that has staying power, like... The, the formula looks a little bit different than it used to, where it's not as much about checklist lyrics and, you know, having certain sounds in the mix, so to speak. And, you know, I was running through like some of the, uh, the upcoming radio songs that have either like just impacted or are on their way like in in 2023. And it's a really diverse, like crazy bunch. So um, before we jump into, you know, what makes a quality radio single, I got Ben and Brandon here and I want to play a little game with y'all where I'm going to give you a song that either will impact soon in 2023 or already has like hit the radio. And the prerequisites for that is it has to be on the chart for less than 10 weeks and has cannot have cracked the top 20 just yet. So definitely bubbling under a little bit, um, taking its sweet time up the chart. And the first one, I'm going to ask y'all if you think that it's going to be, if it has the makings of a hit song, it's going to be Haley Witters and Everything She Ain't. I will start off there. Now, just like you're saying, Jack, like the way the chart works has changed over time. Um, And when you just look at the chart, there's aren't a lot of females at the very top currently. I know we got Carly Pierce in the upper echelon right now. Um, Carrie Underwood's kind of bubbling as well. But I think Haley Witter is kind of primed to make the – it's going to be a climb, you know what I mean? But to make that climb, I don't know if it's going to be number one, but I can see um, like a top 15 or top 10 peak for that. And I think for her – just given her kind of cult status already where people love her that are fans already getting a little bit of radio success is all she really needs to kind of take her career up a little bit of a notch. You know I mean? Just play some bigger rooms by herself. So I think it's definitely hit worthy already is a streaming hit, but um, yeah, for radio, I see top 10, top 15 peak. I'm actually on the same page as you with that, Ben. Um, everything you just said is kind of where I was going to go out with it. Um, I know it's bubbling up right now, definitely has major success um, streaming, but I have a hard time seeing this song get into the top 10. Um, I think it'll definitely go top 20, possibly top 15. I definitely see like a certification coming out of it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it went gold, if it went platinum, that, that wouldn't, the commercial success on that side wouldn't really um, surprise me, but I don't know if it's going to have the lasting impression to make it to the top 10. Yeah, I hear you a little bit. I mean, I think I've got a little more optimism for this song just because of like how viral it was with the whole little clap clap meme on TikTok and everything like that. Like, I mean, it was a a pretty great starting place for the album Raised. And I think that it has a shot, like maybe like a small sliver of a shot. But I mean, it's already so infectious and so well known. I mean, people sing it at concerts, like, you know, if it's just like playing while folks are waiting for the main act or whatever. But I think there's a shot. Um, next one, a little more girl power. Um, Kelsey Ballerini, if you go down, I'm going down too. How about it? So with this song, I have to just say, I was really disappointed that this was chosen as the next single. I do like this song a lot, but 
I don't know if it's going to have the, the, the longevity. And we kind of saw this with Heart First because Heart First, I don't even know if that cracked the top 20. Um, and for a lead single to her album that just came out, Subject to Change, it was kind of like, you know, it kind of came and went. I mean, yeah, it got her a Grammy nomination, which was awesome. But with this song, yes, the, the, the sound and the production is there. It's definitely a catchy track. Um, we definitely see a side of Kelsey that's, um, a little more fun and a little more scrappy. I want to see this song do well, but I really think they could have chosen so many other ones on this album. Um, especially with your drunk go home. I think that would have been a great second single, um, to have, because I really think that would have pushed through past heart first. And that would have really solidified what subject to change is about. I agree with you, Brandon, only in the sense that, yeah, it'd be smart to follow up an underperforming single with a feature that has like big names that people are going to just be naturally curious about listeners as well as like people are programming, you know, the playlist at radio stations. Um, But I think you even brought the point that she has Heart versus a Grammy nominated song. They can kind of, in my mind, use that promo to help bring more attention to her current single. And since it's the second one, you, you'd like to think the label's going to put its full strength behind it to get her something out of it before moving on to another one. Cause you know, this is like a Grammy nominated album. Technically they got to get at least a number one single out of it. So I feel like you, you may see some, you know, some manipulation going on, but it's a fun song. It does remind me of like 2000s country, which is amazing. But the last thing I'll bring up is it's still not even the top 50 on the charts. So it's, it's, it's grinding right now. So I think it'll be a slow grind, but um, it's a good, it's a, a better album from Kelsey in my opinion. So I'd like to see her get some more success off of it. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement on this one. This feels like a single that'll just kind of like come and go a little bit. And I mean, I'm absolutely with you, Brandon. Like, subject to change as a record, like completely surprised me. I do think it's her strongest album to date, and I'm really hoping that like. You know, she she gets to make her mark commercially. I mean, I know that the album Kelsey, it took a little while. Like the biggest song there by far was Half of My Hometown. And if I recall, that was still on the radio in like early 2022 as well. So, I mean, yeah, we'll definitely see. I'm pulling for the little things, but I don't think this one is going to be the one. Uh, my next one, taking a bit of a turn, uh, Dustin Lynch stars like confetti. Just announced. Um, that's a Thomas Retco, right? I would say... The one thing I just, I mean, for people that are listening just about country radio is he did have party mode as his last single that underperformed and we reviewed it. And I mean, I probably would have, you know, maybe made my review a little lower today. It just, it's a pleasant song arrangement wise, but like, you know, lyrically there's nothing there, but it wasn't so much because that in my opinion was why it underperformed. Like it's catchy for radio, but thinking about you was so big that it just, it overpowered everything. And that sometimes can backfire for ours. I think Dan Smyers, Jack brought up to us when we interviewed him, um, that sometimes when you just have a, such a massive single, it kind of can eat away at something new that you're trying to roll out because radio stations are still playing that huge hit single. So because of that, I believe that Dustin Lynch is actually in the studio recording new music. But I do think similarly to Kelsey Ballerini that his label will see this as an opportunity. Like, let's end this album cycle out on a high note and they're going to promote the hell out of this song. You know what I mean? To get it up the charts. Um, and I'd see, um, 
if not Billboard number one, I could see it in one of those like media based number ones, and they'll just like come and go, you know, type of thing. But I believe it's gonna be a hit just because like this guy had technically the biggest country song of the year with Thinking About You. It was the most. It was the most played. Sorry, it was the most played country song of twenty twenty two. I was just about to add that too because he sat. I forgot what the record was exactly, but it was with the Billboard Country Airplay chart. Before Wall and Broke, it, yeah. But he that was that that hadn't been hit in so long. So that tells you that Dustin's not a guy their radios go throw away. Like they like him, they like what he puts out, and because you were thinking about you, they're gonna support what he has come. And so this will be to me is gonna be the last single before he puts out new music. So don't be surprised if it becomes a sizable hit. And I, I get what you're saying with that too, and. Stars like confetti, it's, I don't know, I guess it's got like its cheesy ways about it. Like the only thing I could say that's kind of good is like, it's a, it's a bright song to me. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's upbeat. It's like, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like positivity in it, I guess. And that, in the sense that it's catchy, but this song does sound a lot, it's redundant to me in a lot of ways. Um, with this album that same one, like where party mode was on, there were a lot of tracks on there that were very similar in sound and they were almost indistinguishable. If I had to say any of his albums being the strongest, I did like his debut and I did like his third studio album, Current Mood. I did like that album because I saw a few different sides of of his artistry. But this one, it just seemed too too similar. And I'll almost say this in the sense before, because I said this before, like... Florida Georgia Lines sophomore album again, kind of the same thing. Like a lot of the sounds saw, sounded the same. It was overproduced, bubble gum, almost like bubblegum country. Like that's the how I would say it. Um, so I don't think this song is going to do well. I, I really don't. Um, and yeah, it's a chipper song, but I don't think it's going to make any much of a lasting impression. Yeah, I think I settle like kind of in the middle between you two um, because I'll give the album this. It was really bland all in all, but they're picking the right singles for it. I mean, they did the right thing, including the Mackenzie Porter version of Thinking About You on that album. Obviously, that was great for streams. I think Party Mode was the right single, even though it didn't like pop off necessarily. And I think Stars Like Confetti is probably like the the third most likable song on the record in my book. I mean, I think I kind of like Smooth Dustin a little bit better than like Douchey Machismo, like Dude Bro Dustin. Like I, I thought Country Star on Tullahoma was like one of the better songs there. I thought the, the Zach Crowell production, like that was a Zach Crowell production if ever there was one with like kind of some synthy stuff and a little bit of twang a la Sam Hunt. That, that was a great song to me and I feel like Stars Like Confetti um, even with the Star Association kind of like um, is also cut from that same cloth a little bit so do I think it'll do like well well like to where we'll be talking about it like this time next year probably not but I root for it a little bit I think Dustin is a good guy and I mean I, I'm, I'm holding out hope I will say um, the next one I've got um, is one of our favorites it's John Party Your Heart or Mine John Party to me, and the when the way I talk about it and like how Brandon and I will have our opinions is like just the way I look at radio. It's just like a game, a lot of ways where like the labels are trying to get certain songs promoted, and you're gonna sometimes take a loss with certain single runs. You know what I mean? So I feel like when for an album cycle, 
there's going to be songs that are going to be number ones. There's going to be maybe a single that you're not, you're not going to be, everyone's not going to be Luke Combs, if that makes sense. So with that, with John Party, I just feel like his singles, like they take the long ride up the ladder on country radio for the most part. I think all of them, but I also believe that he, Aside from maybe, I think he had like "She Ain't in It" on a, a album cycle or two back. I didn't go number one as a single. Um, I think this one, even though like it reminds me of "Dirt on Your Boots" type of you know style, and I think that's what they were going for. Um, it'll be really slow. I could still see it to me. Like I, I break up between Billboard, Country Airplay, and Media Base, and we can always explain that to people later. But like I could still see it be like a Media Base number one. Just one of those songs. Like I believe. Just recently, like um, Jimmy Allen had a number one on Media Base, along with um, like Jordan Davis had number one, and like some people, I like, don't really know that that happened. So it may be one of those quieter number ones, in my opinion, from John Party because radio loves him. Like he plays, you know, obviously he's authentically himself, but he plays his role very well in country radio, where like he's the real cowboy on radio, aside from like a Cody Johnson style kind of a Texas country guy. And I think radio just loves him. So they're going to continue to promote him. And it may take a long time with this single, but I think it will become a hit. Um, damn, maybe it may take six months. So I guess buckle up. <laughs> and see, I see that. And I see that in the same sense, because I think it could probably take even longer than that. Um, what kind of sucks is like, I don't want to say sucks, but I, I feel like a even the few hours we've talked about, it takes a long time for them to build around the charts. 10 years ago, when John first started coming out, it took him some time. He, I think he released like three singles before he got like his first top 10. I don't think there's going to be an issue with this going to the top 10. Like you said, maybe a media base uh, number one hit, but I do think it's going to take time. I don't think the song is that different from stuff that he's put out in the past and if i'm honest i was hoping for a little more with this album to go in like a more diverse direction i feel like there has been there have been some differences within his last albums but there's just been a lot of there's been a lot of great neo-traditional sounds on them hands down but i just was hoping for like a little more risk and a little more sonic diversity and i just feel like this one is just too similar to what i've heard from him yeah see i think last night lonely even as much as i love dylan marlowe was a bit of a uh, a wimpy first single i think it gave us the wrong impression about what the record would be because mr saturday night like aesthetically with most of the music it's as traditional as it comes but that was kind of like you know just a bit of a song. And I think this one is kind of in the same vein a little bit. It's stompy and fun. I mean, I'm sure it'd be like great in the country dance halls and things like that. But I mean, kind of like what we talk about with the Chris Stapleton album, where we're just like rooting for Maggie's song. I think we kind of feel that way about reverse cowgirl as well. And I'm, I'm hoping to see that coming down the pipeline. I mean, I think you hit the, the nail on the head, Ben, where, you know, John Poe is a dude who's likable, who's always going to do well. And I think that's the case with a lot of these songs, like just the nature of radio, like the favorite stars will always do well, but I'm looking for like really, really well, like, like you defining song type of thing. And your heart or mine, at least in my book, isn't that um, one that is that I think rock in a hard place, uh, Bailey Zimmerman um, to clarify, like this song I believe is already in the top 10, but it does meet uh, my requirement of like 
being released to country radio within a certain time span and being on the chart within less than 10 weeks. So we can still talk about it. It's a layup, right? It's, it's already, it's number one book it every, it can be, I think multi-week number one, just depending if Luke Combs or Wallen has a single next to his at the time. But, um, the funny thing about this is I was talking to a buddy that works in radio, um, a couple of weeks ago. And he said like, obviously he had fallen in love with one number one, like, Fine song. It's just it's it's just there to me. Well, until I've heard "Rock in a Hard Place," that was the first time I was like, "This guy Bailey Zimmerman's got something." But my friend in radio was saying, "But my my only issue is is I think that's the best song he's ever made, <laughs> and and it would be very hard to top it." So like, as a radio person, he's like, "It just would be very hard to top it." So this could be a type of single that's like a thinking about you. That's like the best song ever for him, and they just keep playing it playing it and then he has new stuff that comes out but i think to his benefit or credit he's young enough now and he's like kind of to your point jack and brandon like he's working with different collaborators trying to really find and hone in on his sound that i think he will just by nature have cooler songs to come but man this is like the song this is like it's one of those songs for bailey i don't i mean he helps it because it's like his style but it's just such a well-written song that it would have been huge in my mind in the 2000s, in 2010s, you know what I mean? So to me, it's a very special song. I love just like the, the production behind it. And it's going to be Bailey's biggest single. And it's nice time and they just go be on tour with Morgan Wong because you have that song going to number one. You got another Wallen song going to number one, a Hardy song going to number one. Like There's a reason why those tickets are like, over a thousand dollars you got too many hit makers on one tour but i'm um, not nah, that's a layup in my opinion i'm there too i mean it's kind of like the perfect combination like you just said i mean with the touring with this release now going to radio and to be honest when i heard the ep to me it felt like there was a lot of testing of the waters going on and i'm like uh, i was a little nervous myself because i'm like there were a couple songs where I was like, eh, these are kind of lackluster. I, I wasn't really too impressed with a few of them. And I was hoping that the next single wouldn't be one of those because I think there is so much potential that he has, um, especially now going on tour with Morgan. Um, I don't think this song is going to have any hard time climbing the charts. Um, I think it's probably going to go up. Like, I know we said like 10, like if I had to give a number, I would probably say maybe like 10, maybe most 15 weeks. I don't think this is going to have any type of issue like climbing the chart. It's going to beat out a lot of upcoming people, um, but that's what's going to have its lasting power because it's definitely going to make it to the top 10. I definitely see this being a number one, um, both on media base and hot country songs and airplay. Yeah, for sure. Something we talked about in our group chat a little bit ago that I was just like kind of amazed by was how like right in the middle of summer of 2022, when he was like having a moment and I heard like rock in a hard place all over TikTok, that was the moment where they sent fall in love to radio instead of rock in the hard place. Um, because I mean, I would usually think like the viral song would be the one that gets the radio push. I mean, in pop music, that's usually what happens. But they started with, you know, the first single he released this year. And I feel like 
fall in love, like paved the way in a way for Bailey to have some familiarity and for Rock and a Hard Place to just kind of do what it was always going to do. I'm with you a little bit, Brandon. There were songs that I liked on the album Leave a Light On, but not a lot that I loved. If it's not like a new song that we haven't heard yet, I would think Get to Get and Gone is going to be the next single. But I mean, right now and for the foreseeable future, like we don't have a lot to worry about with that. It's rocking a hard place this year and looking forward to it, really. Yeah, just to top that this point off, Jack, you brought the fact that how many times, though, do labels and like just teams go with the single that isn't the viral one, but it doesn't work out? I'm just curious. I mean, maybe it's just because Bailey's become such a big figure on social media and like TikTok and just he's so viral that they couldn't not play him maybe that's really part of it but like a lot of times when you have something just popping off and the label's like oh we'll go with just an introductory thing man it goes so slow and it takes so much time but fall in love was very quick and it got him established to your point so i think it's all about timing a lot in a lot of these situations in my mind with artists like there's so many other tiktok people that get you know get signed or whatever and do nothing. So I think Bailey, no matter what you want to say about him, there's something behind the kid that there's talent because this is a perfect storm that I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, and I just want to point out too, like you had just mentioned about, you know, going viral on TikTok. That was kind of like what happened with like Priscilla Block because she had just about over you out. And that was kind of like a really slow grower on the charts. I mean, yeah, it was a top 20 hit for her. Um, actually the single just went platinum, but that was the one that was blowing up. And that was the one that Mercury decided to release to radio. So you kind of just see like the other side where that took several, I mean, it it took more than six months to get that at its peak position, but it's kind of interesting to see both sides of the spectrum there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I thought Fall in Love was honestly like the better song a little bit. And like personally, I was really, really happy to see that one get the push and um, get some clout first. But no, I mean, like, like we've all said already, like Rock in a Hard Place is a, a smash waiting to happen. Um, another smash waiting to happen that I'm curious to get y'all to weigh in on is Megan Moroney and her first radio single, uh, Tennessee Orange. What do we think about that one's chances? So what I'll say about that that's interesting was on its ads week, it was up against um, the, the, the date it went to radio it was up against Tyler Hubbard's new single and Kelsey Ballerini. So when it came down to it, I believe like, she was third most added, but like the amount of stations that had added her song to radio beforehand, when Kelsey's went to radio, like I think Megan had more overall stations like that were playing her song just because there's so much anticipation about the single before it even went to radio officially. And you don't see that happen. And I think there's even a stat out there. It was like the biggest, you know, debut for female artists in two years. So there's a lot of hype behind Megan. Like we've already talked about songs that we love by her on her past EPs. And Tennessee Orange isn't even like my favorite song of hers, but obviously it's connecting with people. I mean, it's a relatable song. Like literally we're in the, you know, the thick of college football playoffs right now. And um, you're talking about Tennessee, who's not going to be going to the natty, but, um, you know, Georgia, you know, they just won. And I think there's just something about that that can kind of relate to you know, women, men, like everyone can, every style and age of fan can really find something to latch onto in her song. And I know radio loves her and it just, to me, it's just a matter of time, but it's climbing really quickly. Like, you know, we joke about a, during the holidays or some call like the holiday freeze on the radio charts, where like there's plenty of Christmas music and like nothing, like 
a lot of like, you know, the points or whatever, a lot of the play like songs drop in their positions. And I believe it was hers and Bailey's song were like the only two of the past two weeks that like no throughout the whole freeze, like we're still gaining on the charts. And you don't see that often, man. So I think it's really impressive, a testament to her. I think she's gonna have a huge year uh, in twenty twenty-three. So I mean, y'all just buy some Megan Maroney stock because it's uh, going to be worth a lot in the future. I'm on the same page with that, too. And I mean, that's another thing to point out, too, is the fan base behind this single. And you just see videos on Instagram, TikTok of like like the crowd is so engaged. And I think that's the thing, too, is her fan base. They relate to the music. They relate to that song so well. And I honestly think like that's pretty much been, I don't want to say pretty much been the driving force, but that's been a huge factor of being the driving force to this single. Um, so I wanted to point that out because um, a lot of times when the fans are the driving force behind it, that's when it kind of domino effects and people hook onto it even more and it climbs the chart that much faster. And we've seen that with plenty of singles in the past and especially with new artists too. Um, no one's, no record label, no company is going to miss out on an opportunity where something makes an impact like that so much with the fans that they're going to let that go ignored. I think the last thing I want to bring up though is that it's not really easy to replicate. Like we see things like people like Zach Bryan's of the world, see like a Megan Maroney coming up and Morgan Wallen, like just, it's just a habit of any industry. It's like, you want to replicate that and be like, well, this is a blueprint. Let's make a ton of money. Let's see, let's see more success. Try and do this again. But man, I just like, we've seen a lot this past year, but I think it's just a testament to like the people behind the scenes. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. These artists are just genuinely talented. Like I never knew like Megan, like her whole family, like plays like music. Her brother does, her dad plays music. And like, you just never would have known that just by, you know, meeting her for a first time. And so there's a lot that goes into these careers. Like something like Zach, I mean, that's like an anomaly. You know what I mean? So I think just one of the things where it's like, I think we're living in like a cool, like, golden age if you will of a uh, country music you know and there's so many talented people coming up and getting like actual recognition where maybe 20 years ago they'd be incredible and you just wouldn't have the opportunity to hear them the same way that we do today so yeah for sure i had a couple of points um on this because the last song that i had on my list was hate my heart by carrie underwood and i think you kind of like Ben, you addressed, I mean, a lot of like the needs of a radio single right now, because now more than ever, like you have to say something and it has to speak to fans. It can't just be about, you know, being a figure that's liked in the industry. Like there's a reason why, like when we were talking about this, like the Dustin Lynch and the John Party, like radio mainstays, like the general consensus here was, was kind of like, eh, you know, but when we talk about rock and a hard play, so Megan Maroney, it's like, no, everybody's like, they're about it. They're going to push her up the charts. And that's what we're seeing like in the 2020s. And I think that'll continue to be like one of the defining features of those big, big songs. And um, th- those were, that was like the main thing that I wanted to address when it comes to like what makes a hit song in 23. I mean, besides just needing a hook, that's always true of radio. You need a big hook. And hate my heart is that, but I mean, with some of these legacy artists like Aldine and Kaylee, like they're kind of like they're missing that spark. The, the the streaming is kind of propelling a little bit, and it's going to be interesting how that that continues to develop and unfold. I, I'm glad that you bring hate my heart up or bring up hate my heart because we saw what happened with Ghost Story, and Ghost Story made a moderate debut. 
and was struggling to get to the top 10. Airplay kind of pushed it up there. There was probably some outside help from that to get it to that point, but really didn't resonate a whole lot with the fans. Hate My Heart is going up the charts pretty steadily, I must say that. Um, it did debut low on the charts, but I think it just when it might have just gone into the top 40 on Airplay. Um, but the song isn't a bad song, but it's not, it's just, I don't think it, it, like, I don't think it was the best single to choose as a second single. I would have loved to see like crazy angels chosen. Um, will it go to the top 10? Probably. Is it going to have a lasting impression? I don't think so. And like you just said, Jack, like that spark isn't there. I don't feel like the magic is there anymore in it. And yeah, it's an earworm. Sure. But is it is it going to be that relatable where you know we see fans like screaming the words back to the artists you know to the point where they can't hear themselves i don't know if hate my heart's that kind of a song but i will just say that i just think it's it's definitely tricky with legacy ads i mean to me carrie's not in my opinion it's no shade it's just, she's not here yet but like like it's not like shania like to me like i'm at the point where older artists from like you don't need to release me just tour or at least a single and tour and i'll be a happy camper carrie's like she's not saying anything i don't think on this album there's anything like meaningful really like that like one undeniable song that tells a story that like cuts so deep like there's nothing on this album for that but it does that this album did speak to me though like to your point brandon crazy angels is freaking like a rock and roll jam dude like i joked when the album came out i'm like it's funny when the Carrie Underwood song has more more guitar solos than like a modern rock song on radio sometimes or an alternative rock song on radio. Um, so I think that's just what she's looking for. She, I think she just really was focused on that like Vegas residency type of stuff to have upbeat jams for fans. But I agree. It's something that we've seen with a lot of these older artists like a Blake Sheldon. Um, Miranda Lambert's avoided this for the most part, but like – and all these older artists, like, like, what do they have to say anymore? And it's really tough. So we've heard from someone like uh, Jack Graylin James that, like, Kenny's making some of his best music yet. So, like, I'm really reserving and holding out hope that he actually has, like, something meaningful to tell with his upcoming music. So it's very hard to balance in my mind. And I just want to point out, you know, when she was recording this album, when she was recording Dem and Rhinestones, she's gone on a couple interviews saying, you know, I wanted a fun album. I wanted something, you know, big because we were coming back on tour, coming out of the pandemic. And I get where she comes from with that. But I also see the more, um, I guess, brand-like side of her. And again, with like the Vegas residency, like this is something that's more of a show. I don't really see much authenticity and much deep meaning behind a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of fun tracks on there. I pink, uh, pink champagne is one of them too. It's a great song. Um, really fun and bubbly, but yeah, it, overall, yeah, she co-wrote, I, um, I think, ele- um, she co-wrote all but one song and that was ghost story. So her involvement is there, but is it the truest form? Like we've seen with other artists? Not really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to tie it all up a little bit, I mean, I think the one like centerpiece of what makes exciting country radio songs these days is just that organic traction, that that bubbly spark that we talk about. And I mean, it's hard for an older artist to capture. It doesn't happen very often. We talked not too long ago about Chase Rice and how he's trying to find that making like more like organic, um, like 
you know, uh, like heartfelt music, I would say. But I mean, it is hard for somebody like Carrie, especially when like her, her motive right now is to make, you know, just fun music that would play well in the Vegas residency. But y'all, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us as always. Uh, you can check us out at Country Central on Instagram all week long. We've got the hot takes. Uh, we've got the single reviews, all that good stuff. And you know, you can hit up countrycentralshop.com for the camo Country Central hat. Check it out. And you know, as always, we will catch you again real soon with another episode. Mm-hmm.